Please stand for the reading of God's word. Today's scripture is found in John 15, verses 5 through 11. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is God's word. The Christian life is a supernatural life. The Christian life is a supernatural life. It's a personal relationship with God himself. It's union with our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is led and empowered by the Holy Spirit. As we consider the Christian life in our short series... Our focus now turns to the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he would send the Spirit, and he taught about various ministries of the Spirit. The book of Acts displays the power of the Holy Spirit in converting and transforming those who were far from God. And Paul admonishes us to be filled with the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to live in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit. The Christian life is a spirit-filled life. Are we living supernatural lives? Let's pray. Our Father, may your spirit take your word today and move it into our hearts that we might see you, we might see Christ more fully. We might be attuned to you abide in you and be filled with your spirit. Lord, teach us today and then lead us. In Christ we pray, amen. I've never been more tentative in preaching this message as I am in preaching this message because I feel I fall short so often of walking in the spirit And I know that many more knowledgeable teachers have different views about what walking in the Spirit entails. That said, I am going to share my studies and my thoughts on it. Galatians chapter 5 teaches that when we walk in the Holy Spirit, we will experience the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, 
faithfulness, and self-control. These qualities perfectly picture Jesus Christ, and they should mark the lives of every believer. They're evidence of the supernatural life. What's our role in this? While Paul commands us to be filled with the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit, he doesn't really explain how we do this. He tells us the what, but not the how. The Holy Spirit's role is to fill us. But what's our role in being filled? As already stated, there's a variety of views on this. I base my understanding on John chapter 15. John never calls us to be filled with the Spirit or to walk in the Spirit in any of his writings. Yet he speaks very often about living the Christian life. So instead, he shares our responsibility in walking with the Spirit when he cites Jesus' words about abiding in Christ. John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you cannot bear fruit. See, both John 15 about abiding in Christ and Galatians 5 about walking in the Spirit explain how we produce spiritual fruit. John 15, 5 informs us that the only way a person can bear spiritual fruit is by abiding in Christ. So the person bearing spiritual fruit described in Galatians 5.22 must be abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ and walking in the Spirit are one and the same. They're flip sides. They're like two sides to a coin. Walk in the Spirit, abide in Christ. The supernatural life is lived by walking in the Spirit, by abiding in Jesus Christ. So let's explore what it means to abide in Christ. Jesus uses the illustration of a vine and branches. We've all seen dead branches, dried up leaves, lifeless. The branch is dried up because it's no longer attached to the tree. It's severed from its source of life, and it'll never bear fruit. Jesus speaks of himself as being our life-giving vine. If we're attached to him, he abides in us and his life flows into us. When we are not attached, we dry up spiritually and we cannot bear fruit. To abide in Christ means that we stay continually connected to him. When we're connected, Christ abides in us. He becomes our source of life. We abide in him, and then he abides in us. We abide in Christ by keeping him at the center of our lives. Not moving away from that. We know we belong to him, 
His purpose is our purpose. And we're continually reminding ourselves that our purpose in life is to become like him. We stay connected by trusting him with our well-being. We stay connected through continual prayer. We stay connected by letting his words abide in us and by abiding in his love. John Piper wrote, Hour by hour abiding in Jesus means hour by hour trusting him for your needs. Jesus fulfills our needs when we abide in him, he abides in us. See, God created us with divine needs. And these needs are a reflection of God's eternal experience as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, a few weeks ago, we looked at John 17, and we saw that eternal relationship included love, glory, and joy. God invites us into that relationship. He created us to experience with him what he has always been experiencing as the triune God. As I put it before, think of the triune God hosting a divine party that is perfect. What's happening at the party? It's not cake and ice cream. It's love, glory, and joy. He creates us with these desires, love, glory, and joy. And he satisfies them. Our problem is we turn to all the wrong places to satisfy them when Christ alone can satisfy. So think of yourselves as having three divine holes, love, glory, joy that Christ will fulfill. Love. We all long to be loved, to belong, to be accepted. Jesus Christ loves us and he fills that hole. He loves us so completely that while we were yet sinners, he went to the cross for us. He paid the ultimate price. And now, Everyone who believes in him is fully accepted as they are because he's paid for their sin. We, we belong to Jesus and we're one with him. That fills our love whole. We all long for glory and Jesus fills that hole. We don't usually talk about desiring glory, but instead we, we speak of significance of identity and self-esteem. They're all expressions of glory. We want to be valued and feel we matter, that we're treasured. Jesus treasures us so completely. We are so significant to him that he paid the ultimate price for us, not with gold or silver or precious stones, but with something more valuable than all the gold in the world, 
That was his blood, his life. He shed his blood, gave his life, physically and spiritually. That's how much he treasures us. He offers us new identities as sons and daughters of God. He says we are chosen. We are a royal priesthood. We are beloved by God. That's a glory that only Christ can fill. We all long for joy. Jesus is intent on filling that hole by enabling us to experience life as it was meant to be in a deep, intimate relationship with God. We see it in verse 11 when Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Listen to Jesus' words. Follow them. And we have his joy, which is the intimate relationship with the Father. You will find full satisfaction in Christ when his words abide in you and you abide in his love. Let his words abide in you. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, it'll be done for you. See, Jesus wants his words to abide in us. This speaks about more than reading the word or knowing it or even memorizing the word. Jesus' words are to live in us. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It isn't enough to know God's word. We need to let it sink deeply into us to reach our hearts. A weakness in evangelical Christianity, and one that I have, is that we tend to equate head knowledge, scripture, with spirituality. If we know our Bibles, we have the right theology, then we're spiritual. Todd Hall, a professor of psychology at Biola University, points out this weakness. Then he explains why as he talks about the difference between explicit and implicit knowledge. Explicit knowledge is our head knowledge, what we know and what we think. Implicit knowledge is related to our experience and what we feel. So we may well think, think God loves me. That's explicit knowledge. But we may not feel God loves us, the implicit knowledge. Though this concept of two types of knowledge is supported by two Greek words used in our Bible that are translated to know. Epigenosis means to know intellectually with our heads. I know facts about you. Gnosis is to know experientially. I know you. Jesus told us to love God with all our minds and with all our hearts. 
and with our entire being, our souls. Explicit and implicit knowledge need to come together. They need to merge and become one for us to be transformed. If we live only according to explicit knowledge, we may love God with our minds but not our hearts. If we live only by our implicit knowledge, our feelings about God, even if they're wrong, will direct our lives. They need to come together. To abide in Jesus' words is to allow them to penetrate deeply into our lives so they touch our hearts, not just our minds, and transform our souls. Christ's words must become a part of us. They must richly dwell in us. So how does this happen? Paul points out four ways that explicit and implicit knowledge come together. How head knowledge and heart feelings unite to transform us. The four ways are through relationship, which Eric will preach on next week. Suffering, which Travis will preach on in two weeks. Story, which we'll speak about in a moment. And mindfulness. Mindfulness includes meditation on God's word. Psalm 1 speaks of the power of letting God's word dwell in us. The blessed person delights in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. People are to delight, not just read, but delight in God's word. And people who delight in God's word or Christ's word, they they treasure these words. They look forward to that opportunity to dig in to the word of God. They desire to see God for all he is and all the ways in which he's worked in the past and is working now. How he intersects with their lives and what that means for them. They find more than the word of God. They find God. They find more than the word of Christ. They find Christ. They meditate on his word, chewing on them over and over, looking to see how God, to see God as fully as possible and how he relates to them, to see him work in mysterious ways in the scriptures and realize he's working in mysterious ways in their own lives. They let the word of God expose the dark corners of their lives and then find forgiveness in Christ. They consider the ways they can live out God's truth and experience intimacy with him. They are present with God and mindful of what God is saying to them and how he is leading them. When God's word abides in us, we're like a tree planted by a stream bearing fruit in every season. When Jesus' words abide in us, we are like a fruitful branch connected to the tree of life. Christ's words feed our minds and ought to move to our hearts. Christ's love feeds our heart and it must be grounded in God's truth. Verse 9 calls us to abide in Jesus' love. As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. 
We abide in Christ's love by anchoring our lives in the gospel, which is the greatest proof of his love for us. Travis preached on this last week when he spoke of gospel centrality. We also abide in Christ's love when we interpret our stories in light of his immeasurable love. We weave our stories into God's love story. An example of this is imagining the two stories that the Samaritan woman whom Jesus met at the well, the two stories she might speak to herself. She had a story of disgrace. She was rejected by her community for being immoral, unworthy of God. She was used by men. And she probably told herself this story over and over and over again. How worthless, how disgraced, how alienated she was. Her identity would have been of an unwanted outcast. But after experiencing the love of Christ, her story was one of acceptance. Despite being fully and completely known, her hopelessness was transformed into hope as she could live in a life filled with living water. She had a new identity as a daughter of God, deeply loved by Christ, selected by Christ. She could abide in the way she used to feel about herself, or she could abide with her story woven into God's love story for her. She could have a new sense of self, a new interpretation of her life, which story would she continue to tell herself? Let's look at another example. There's somebody feeling great disappointment over feeling to, failing to achieve a goal he thought might fulfill him. And it didn't. And that could be a story of failure, leading him to beat himself up over not reaching that goal. He could retrace every step that led to that failure and live with an identity failure. Or he could abide in Christ's love. He could retrace Christ's steps of love for him, of his acceptance from Jesus Christ, of the new direction that Christ offers, which can bring the fulfillment he was seeking and can produce fruit of eternal value. His identity is the son of a king, the king. What story should he keep telling himself? What's your story? Is it woven into the love story of Jesus Christ for you? Abide in his love. Abide in his love by seeing your joys and your sorrows, your spiritual victories and defeats, your exhilaration and your despair through the story of his love. This can be powerfully transformative because the stories we tell ourselves 
and tell others. Bring explicit and implicit knowledge together and change our souls. As you tell your stories through Christ's love, realize the heights and depths, widths and breadths of the love of God in Christ. It's unfathomable. Jesus said that his love for us is the same as his father's love for him. He loves you as much as the father loves him. One preacher describes this love. The father's love of the son and the son's corresponding love toward his father is fathomless and unchangeable. It's inexhaustible, an immutable love that knows no limits and no boundaries, for it's an unfading love without measure, reaching beyond the extremity of everything. The mutual love of the eternal Father and beloved Son is inestimable, bottomless, fathomless, unceasing, unflagging, interminable, constant, and pure. Christ feels this love for you. Insert that love into your story. Abide in his love. Walking in the Spirit and abiding in Christ are one and the same. They're two sides of the same coin. If we abide in Christ's love, we'll keep his commandments. If we walk in the Spirit, we'll keep his commandments. When we live by the Spirit, we will have the fruit of love for others. When we abide in Christ, we will love one another as Christ loves us. When we live in the Spirit, we will display the fruit of the Spirit that begins with joy, the same quality that Jesus says we will experience when we abide in him and enter into that triune relationship of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Again, in verse 11, Jesus said, these things, these things I have spoken to you for this purpose, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Let's live supernatural lives by having God's Spirit lead and empower us by abiding in Christ. He is the vine. We are the branches. If we abide in him and he abides in us, we will bear much fruit. And in bearing that fruit, we will glorify God. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus Christ whom you sent that he lives today, that we can abide in him. We thank you for your spirit that Jesus promised and sent, who lives within every believer in Jesus Christ today. We have a supernatural power in us. May we set it free by living in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.